0: Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as you know, we're uh, meditating on John's Gospel. And uh, we have gotten uh, as far as verse 21 in chapter 6, which is the prelude to this long discourse of Jesus on the bread of life. The living bread so we saw the multiplication of the loaves and all the exodus evocation that's there <clears throat> we looked at the walking on the sea and all the allusions to god's control over the storm waters from psalm 107 and uh, then we stopped so now we pick up at that point so we're picking up <clears throat> excuse me We're picking up at uh, verse 22, but before I start that, I thought it might be helpful to read you some texts, because there are so many allusions to the Old Testament in this text. That's how it becomes understandable to us. One of the big ones, you see, is exactly the notion that wisdom is food. And so Jesus, our wisdom, becomes our food. And we live by him. We take him into ourselves. We eat wisdom. And we do it even physically in the Eucharist. So, I just thought, maybe some texts that are um, found there. First, some of the word and the will of God as food. For instance, Jeremiah 15, 16, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Then there's one in Amos 8.11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, "when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Just perhaps one more. From Psalm 119, verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your words are so sweet to me. I live by them, I feed on them. Then there's a whole collection of texts um, about wisdom as food. And I'll read a few of them to you. Um, there's one in Sirach, for instance chapter 24 verses 18 to 21 Come to me you who desire me and eat your fill of my produce for the remembrance of me is sweeter than honey and my inheritance sweeter than the honeycomb Those who eat me that is eat wisdom will hunger for more and those who drink me drink wisdom will thirst for more Whoever obeys me will never be put to shame and those who work with my help will not sin. Wisdom, we take it in, we live by it, we're strengthened by it. it becomes the very food of our spirit. Uh, I'm going to just do uh, one more. Uh, whoever is this is Proverbs nine four to six. Oh, there's a famous one. Uh, that's part of uh, the liturgy uh in some of the Sundays after the uh, after Pentecost. Um this one from Isaiah fifty five. Ho everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your neighbour for what that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good. If you listen to me, you will be satisfied with a banquet because you'll learn and your spirit will be full. Delight yourselves in the translation fatness and good food. Incline your ear and come to me that your soul may live. And so you can see biblically Jesus The wisdom of God is inviting us to feed on him. And we do that when we desire him. And desire that he be our food, our drink, our strength. Uh, And it's an amazing thing uh, how this awesome gift can become commonplace. Gets another routine. I think I may have given you this example before. Uh, I'm going to give you two before I start looking at the discourse. One is the famous example. When our Lord came into Capernaum and the uh, synagogue ruler came to him and said, Come and and heal my daughter. Uh, She's close to death. Our Lord said, I'll come. So he's going there, surrounded by a big crowd, and a woman reaches out and touches his garment, and he stops. And he said, who touched me? And the disciples say, Jesus, who touched you? The whole crowd is bumping into you. I mean, like, what do you mean? He said, no, somebody touched me. So the woman comes up, and she says, that was me. And she speaks about her flow of blood, and how she was healed, and all of that. And uh, then uh, Jesus says to her, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole saves you. Now look at the difference between that woman and everybody else, including the disciples. They all bumped into her, into Jesus. But only one really touched him. That can happen to us at communion. We can be so out of it that we just bump into Jesus, but nothing happens because we don't touch him. And that's important. Uh, Another example This is kind of a funny one, but uh, back in early theological studies, we learned, now, you've just consecrated the precious species. And a little mouse comes up, and he grabs a host, and he runs off, and he eats it. Does he receive the body and blood of the Lord? Yes, that's what it is. Does he receive the sacrament? No, he has no brains. He has no faith. He doesn't receive the sacrament. Then you've got to ask yourself, am I a mouse or a man? Am I like that little mouse? I take it and I go, but I never give it a thought? Or do I worship and adore Jesus and and thank him for coming into me and thank him for this presence and this promise of immortality? My body will be changed forever. As I've already quoted to you, that famous statement of St. Irenaeus, huh? Whoever eats this bread, provided he does not turn from God, it is impossible that the body of such a one remain corrupt forever. It's impossible because he's fed on the body and blood of Christ. And so these texts that we've looked at, you see, uh, start us on this background. There are others that I'll refer to as we go along. This text is so dense in allusions. Why? Because we are looking at the most awesome mystery of the world. God not only becomes man, but the God-man becomes bread. Why? To feed us, to strengthen us, to be one with us because he loves us, and to bring us to eternal life body and soul as Irenaeus so well understood. So that's some background and now let's look uh, at the text. The next day the crowd standing on the other side of the sea had seen that there was no other skiff there but one. John uses a different word right now. Uh, uh, um, I'm looking to find it for you. anyway. Uh, it's, it's, so I translated it "skiff," you know, and that Jesus did not get into the boat with his disciples, but only his disciples had gone off. Other boats came from Tiberius, which is on the uh, west side of the lake, close to the place where they ate bread. That's baffling, unless there were two Tiberiuses. Um, there was a Tiberius Maritima, and so forth. Well, we'll just have to, Caesarea Maritima. Uh, Close to the place where they ate the bread, when the Lord gave thanks. When then the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the skiffs and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. So now the, the, the setting is established. As that when this text ends, it so said he gave this discourse in the synagogue at Capernaum. So it's not on the hillside; it's in a synagogue. But they've come over there, and so uh, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, "Rabbi, when did you get here?" Now watch the way Jesus begins to confront them in love, very similar to the Nicodemus, interlocking there with the uh, interaction with Jesus and, and Nicodemus. Huh? Sort of lovingly confronting. We have no time, my friends, to discuss abstractions. I want to talk to you about your eternal life. So here, Jesus answered and said to them, A many men, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were well fed. That's probably right. That was good bread. Let's find him and get some more. That's not very profound, is it? And you're not going to get discipleship out of that. Now, here is our Lord's words and this is going to be key for the whole discourse. Work. Not for the food that perishes, but for the food that remains for eternal life. Work for that food which the Son of Man will give to you. He has him has the Father sealed, God. This is a rhythm you find all throughout the wisdom literature. Work for it, and God will give it to you. It's interesting rhythm, isn't it? See, work for this food, which remains for eternal life, which is the theme of the whole discourse, which the Son of Man, this mysterious figure, who will be present uh, other times in this discourse, huh? The Son of Man, the, the mysterious figure from Daniel 7, which our Lord is now clothing with his own self-description, okay? Him has the Father sealed, God. So now he said, work for that fruit." Uh, they said to him, what must we do to perform the works, plural, of God? This is the key theme of the whole discourse. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God. Notice, singular. They asked, what are the works of God? Jesus says, this is the work of God. Yeah, the work that pleases God. But much more profoundly, it's the work that God does. This is God's work. And it is what? That you believe in the one whom he sent. That's faith. It's that precious. So we'll stop now and we'll pick up again right at that point.